Tonight. It's a cornucopia of goodness. And starring with us is myself. I'm Emma. Hello. 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 Also in the studio tonight is Dizer. Hello. Also coming from his luxury abode in Auburn, California, is Rekia. Hey. Well, hello. How are um, you doing, Emma? Oh, I'm absolutely wonderful, darling. Coming from his luxury penthouse in Oregon, USA, it's Begler. Greetings and salivations. Oh, yes, lots of salivations. <laughs> and finally, by no means least, coming from his luxury garage in Santa Cruz, California, it's Jim. Hello. Hello, Hello. You meet the nicest people on a Honda. <laughs> I was having a stroke. That was my stroke accent. You meet the nicest people when you're bonking. <laughs> Hello. Well, thank you so much for that intro, Emma. You made it so much more special. Oh, you've got to class it up, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, every now and then you got to do that. Um, I wanted to... You know, um, I think tonight we're going to have a, a fun show. We had such a great weekend. And, and what I wanted to say is there's so many things happening right now in this weekend that give me hope. And I think for a lot of people, there's hope out there. Um, one of them is it's finally warmed up in Texas. Yeah. And yes. uh, I, I'm so glad because it's it's been horrible seeing what's happening there. To anyone in Texas, um, you know, my heart goes out to you. You know, um, our listener mm. Sheila in Texas sent us an email, and she um, she shared with us what she's been going through. She mm. actually kind of moved in with her neighbors because they had firewood and wow. why heat two houses, and they also had a pool, so they've been able to pull water uh, for the toilet out of the pool. And she said they were – like burning like 80 logs a day and her job was to stay up through the night, keep the fire going. Um, and just all the different neighbors pulling stuff together and like she you know, using the, the propane from her barbecue grill, which there was no more propane left. So you like scavenging stuff, like all the neighbors coming together and helping. And, and um, it was really heartbreaking here, but I heard today that it warmed up. It's gotten warm there. So aside from I got a house out there still, and I keep checking in on the weather report and everything. And yeah, like 16 degrees. I think they saw 64 today where they were in East Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, I know a lot of people don't still don't have power or water or stuff. I mean, really what's been going on there reminded me a lot of Hurricane Katrina and the same kind of yeah. effect. Yeah. People Lights being spread. stranded, helping each other out, you know, like, what do you do? It was horrible. So. There's hope. Um, another thing that really gave me hope is, 
you know, we lifted the kind of restriction on people coming to the garage. You know, we were just doing appointment only and just <clears throat> Emma and I are helping a few. And I didn't even like put out the word really just like, hey, you can come now. We had a full house today. Wow. It was like Charlie and Micah and Jeremy and Henry and Adrian and like a bunch of other people, like people I don't know. Uh, Goldwing, Gary, like all the old usuals, everyone just kind of showed up and we had a fun festive day. But what was best about it? I mean, we're all kind of getting used to living with the pandemic now. And we didn't have to yell at anybody for getting too close or crowding somebody or parading around without a mask on. You know, everybody was really mellow about it. They knew what they had to do. It was just, it was a great day. Yeah. And in fact, excellent. I got to uh, sport my new mask, thanks to Jim. What do you guys think? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, now you're a definite, Masking. you're a totally uncle. Yeah, you like that's it? Your uncle, that's your Uncle Liza mask. <laughs> awesome. That's right, baby. I think it, full it, uncle it was Liza. freaking Emma out because it looks like I'm talking. Is harder? <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's great. Does it I make think... you spank harder or does it make you take more spanking? <laughs> <laughs> and I can make it talk, see? It, it looks even worse on camera because it actually it matches your skin tone. It's in the flesh. Lice is quite fleshy colored. And, and the mask is very pink. But on the camera. I love that know, type I, of illusion. You know, I, yeah, I took good, a right? picture earlier today. Somebody gave us a bunch of Easy Riders. And what? I found a sweet picture of um, <laughs> top of a lady, and uh, yeah, similarly. But I like your mask much more. Thank you. Well, I told someone today if 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 you don't think I like Liza, I rode all the way through the desert, haphazardly went, found the 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 uh, Hammer Town, uh, King of the Hammers, braved that whole thing just to go get that mask for her. Ooh, nice true trophy. <laughs> and, and for those who are listening, it is it is a mask. Of a very with a very bushy Fu Manchu style mustache on a on a very uh, gruff looking biker type. <laughs> there was a red, white, and blue ish to it. I think wasn't there? Oh uh, yeah, well, it's actually uh, Michael Kudlitz from Walking Dead with his oh, big okay. Fu Manchu thing. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. so the big red headed dude from yeah. Walking Dead with the with that biker you, mustache. Yeah, who Negan beat his head face. in with a hammer? Yeah, that one. Um, it's very troubling um, but it going, really is extremely troubling going back though it was a great day and like I said it gave me a lot of hope it gave me a hope that things aren't normal yet but they're definitely getting back they're well, you getting know what? closer I, I, I thought it was really normal <laughs> and, and yesterday as we did that ride out to Hollister and we stopped at that restaurant in Trace Pinos, uh, whatever it is, a 19th hole or something, which mm-hmm. is, can be a bikery place, being in Hollister, big kind of Harley hangout sometimes. We rolled in right before they opened, so there was no one there, but they had outdoor seating. We were masked, more or less, you know, coming and going. And then, like, on cue, like, how many, like, 20 Harleys rolled up? <laughs> yeah. You know, a big old, like, just pack of Harleys, and everybody, they're backing in, making a ton of noise. But when they got off... They wore their masks. They were socially distanced. It was cool. So it was like something like a new normal where we can go out, do group rides, run across other group of motorcyclists, but you don't feel you know threatened or, or worried about the behavior of people. It was really nice. Well, what I thought was funny is that it was us on our adventure bikes and Emma on her beloved sport bike. A 
group, you know, a club of Harley. And then on the other porch was a Porsche club. (laughs) And us in the middle. It was just like, (laughs) hey, <laughs> we we were, the was meat, we were the meat in the sandwich, darling. So um I wanted to get to we have a lot of news and, and we don't normally share news that much because there's so many other places covering it, but I think that this is all worthy and it kind of relates to stuff that we've talked about not too long ago. One of them is Buell is back, baby. Did you guys see the news? Well, you, you just you just hold on there, like <laughs> kind of, sort of, you, maybe no, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, you you just hold on because that's a pretty bold statement. And Buell and I mean, let's be honest with you, Britain have two things in common: is they're both inextricably linked with their founder and creator, and. Eric Buell has nothing to do with this company. Now, it might not always be that way. You know, he may get to buy into it in the future, but the Buell that's being introduced is nothing to do with Eric Buell. Is that correct? Yes and no. So um, they're going to be bringing it. All right, so just to go back. So there were two Buell brands, if you remember. There was Buell Motorcycles, and then there was EBR, right? Eric Buell Racing. Mm-hmm. So when everything kind of fell apart, um, this these investors bought EBR and have been sitting on it. Well, this last year, the same people bought Buell Motorcycles. So it's all under one roof now. And they're going to be um, bringing out Buell Motorcycles, having parts available, supporting Buell, all of that. Um in addition, in 2024, they're going to be launching more new bikes, um, getting into dirt and adventure and all the things. Um, but I think this is all still very much based upon the style and engineering that Buell founded. Right? Right. Wow. Yeah. So, 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 they're, so, they're supporting, so they're supporting the older bikes then, you're saying? Yep. Um, cool. Yeah. So like ba- they were going to come out with a bunch of models potentially too, not like just a couple, but a whole well, lineup. So based I mean, on the, um, the 1190 platform that he had, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but I love that they're doing a little bit of everything and, um, getting, you know, the dirt and like they're diversifying. He, he, yeah. Buell did. He had an adventure bike. Was it right. the Ulysses? Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, but they're okay. going to continue doing that, and and this is just going to be yet another American brand, and we're going to see life breathe back in because so many people love their Buell, motor, Buell motorcycles uh, and their EBRs, and those are going to be supported once again. Right. I'm um, not going to get too excited right now about all these models that are promised. I mean, bear in mind these are investors that are talking right now, so they're going to promise. They're going to promise everything. You know, it's a bit like a political promise. They promise everything, but the reality is, you know, they'll probably have to ratchet it back. As be- as beloved as Buells were, they were never a volume motorcycle, right. even when they were in their heyday. Right, Rick? No, I wouldn't say so. No, yeah. it was it was a niche. You know, it's it was a, and a, the performance crowd wanted it. Right, and that exactly. Wasn't the general Harley character. So they're not going to sell a gazillion of them. But it's overall, it's great news. I mean, um, it's- they are going to be uh, present at Daytona Bike Week 
at the JMP Cycles destination, Daytona Mega Store, and they've launched a new website. You can go to BuellMotorcycle.com and you can see I'm a lot of these models. going there right We're going now. there right now. I've um, been. Other exciting news. Do you guys remember when we had uh, Melissa Paris on the show? And yep. she talked about the racing she was doing with Royal Enfield. You remember yeah, that? Royal Enfield. So Royal Enfield started a program. Uh, it's called uh, BTR, which is Build, Train, Race. And it's a program for women riders to get them into racing where you take these bikes and you build them out into race bikes. Well, Moto America has signed them up and they're going to be featuring them at some of their races. And Melissa Paris is going to be the mentor in the program and assisting all these women in building their race bikes. Fun. Fantastic. Isn't that cool? With the wild suspension, that front end. And yeah, she got down on that mm-hmm. one for sure. Yeah. Uh, they are going to be racing at uh, Brainerd, Minnesota, um, at the Pittsburgh um, International Race Complex, and at Barber Motorsports, and at Road Atlanta is where you will be seeing the is BTR, Build Train Race Program. So look for that and look for Melissa. And you know, oh bloody hell! I just went onto the, uh, I just went onto the Buell website and the Hammerhead, eleven ninety RX. It's it's quite an impressive looking thing. Um, it's a computer rendering, alas. Mm-hmm. So um, I would like to see something that's a bit more realistic. Um, it's got almost like a lightning look about it. Um, it's very aggressive. Very aggressive looking bike. It's very oh. hammerhead. Well, it's it's a sport bike. I mean, in every sense of the in yeah. oh, there's a silver one, which is I'm looking at it right now too. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Cool. Um you know, I've got I'm I'm really quite cynical. I have a deep distrust of computer renderings. Because sure. if I mean if you're doing a big song and dance about a bike that you are actually gonna build, take a picture of picture of a fucking bike. <laughs> you know, so we can actually say, oh, yes, it exists. Hard um, to believe a rendering. Yeah, well, you know, anybody can do them. Um, right, that's that's no different than the promise that they're making right now, right? Right, exactly. But, yeah. you know, give right. them their due. It's but, a great-looking bike. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, it be promising. And uh, in, I saved the biggest news for last. And this one is exciting, and it falls – Back into the whole theme of hope. There is hope. So um, uh, Jim and I and Emma and Michael went for a ride yesterday. Yes, we did. And on this ride, as we were coming up to a group of three Harleys, they waved first. (laughs) And I was like, what, what, what? And I was, wow, that's like, it gave me hope. But Liza, mm-hmm. to 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 be to be clear though, they did not know it was you. <laughs> it was <laughs> shocking. It was shocking. Facility, maybe? Huh? Well, you know, were they lost in flagging a repair facility? Maybe? I don't know, but it was like it was nice. It was like you know, there were yeah. all is right in the world was, again. You know, I think everybody was happy to be out. I went for a lot of riding up uh, Friday up through the mountains, and there were a bunch of people yeah. out, even though the weather was crappy. 
everybody was out having a good time. And I think they just got caught up in the moment. But, <laughs> and then I remembered. So my general rule is, is just never wave at him anyway. And it's my favorite is when Harley people actually wave to you and, and you just straight up ignore him anyway. But then I got Liza gave me a hard time last time I did that. So, yes, we did return the wave to the waving Harleys. It was a moment. The people that give the thumbs down. That's the one I've seen a couple of times. Oh, I've I've gotten that on the scooter plenty of times. Yeah. And I'm just, (laughs) oh, okay. Usually usually from Harley riders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and little kids. I was like, that's a little (laughs) rad. Come on. No, the kids love the scooters. (laughs) They always wave at you. Oh, I saw that video. The scooter with me. Come on. So, I mean, let's play devil's advocate here. Who do you think are the worst offenders? So here we go. Let's throw some categories out there. And you know me, I try to stay away from controversial subjects, but I don't mind throwing a grenade in here and (laughs) setting it off and running away. And I'm pretty sure I know the answer. So here's some categories for you. There are sport bike riders. Ducati riders, and we'll break that down into a subdivision of multi-strata riders. Oh, yes. BM, yep. BM, that, you would, that just stop right there. BMW riders or Harley oh. riders. Who do you think are the worst offenders? Actually, you, there's a group you left out. Oh, God, KTM people? No. <laughs> Choppers, because they're just holding on for dear life. But, well, they couldn't dare count. take their hands off. You need those hands. You, know? you need those hands. I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. Who do you think are the worst offenders? Let me tell you who's well, the worst for me. And I've mentioned this before. The one that drives me nuts the most is if a scooterist does not wave at me, I have been snubbed. Like, I feel so oh, jilted. Like, who yeah. the fuck are you, man? Well, that's because, Liza, nobody's waved to them. They don't know. <laughs> they never got the memo. PTSD. Now, I will say that that I have found that BMW riders consistently, almost almost always, will not wave. At least not to me. But maybe that's because I'm a scooter. I don't know. <laughs> Well, here's the other thing you have to keep in mind that a lot of sport bike riders are actually waving, but you don't know because it's, it's a, (laughs) it's down low. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, sometimes just like the pinky is out. Like there's acknowledgement. And so you got to look. And so, you know, Rick, I don't know if you know, I have every time I pass another bike, I have a waving contest. See who wins. It's kind of like Rochambeau. And in my contest is whoever's hand is lower wins. Okay. Right? They don't know I'm, I'm in a competition, <laughs> but I am. I hang yeah. my, and like you'll get the Jixer guys, they beat me every time because they're like just dragging their hand on Drag the pavement. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> shoot, you win. Like they know about the competition. They do. <laughs> and it, it's, it's definitely a thing. I, you know, Bagel just dropped one too to throw a curveball, the leg wave. Yeah. You know, no, that means dead squirrel. Well, it could, but but having no. having ridden in Europe, that's that's how people wave in Europe. They, they, I've seen they other people out. do this. It's no, they don't. Well, they did in France when I was riding there. No, it, wait, shaking your leg around means something else in France, darling. Oh, what does it mean? I'm not going to. They're say. emptying the catheter. Yes, exactly. It's it's, it's basically no. It. It's, it's 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 evacuating the colostomy. Oh, so so you're saying I? They, they, so what they were really saying was, oh, I piss on your scooter. 
Oh, worse, <laughs> darling. Piss on you. No, no, worse than piss. Oh, really? Oh, oh yes. The, the other colostomy. Yes. Oh. Beautiful now. time to clear the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I thought, and I thought they were so friendly out in the French countryside. Well, now you know better. You see, following the, them, too. The, the, the ones who have it really tough, the ones who... Can somebody do a violin noise? Can so, do, so um, the poor British bikers. Those, those, yeah, those guys. Those poor British bikers, because you can't wave to somebody because you're taking your hand off the throttle side. Uh, yeah. And if you're giving it the beans... You have a choice between waving at the guy coming towards you or losing beans. Never drop and, beans. Oh, yeah. And if you drop your beans halfway through a ride, it's simply not on the cards. <laughs> no, you've, you got to, you've got to keep the beans engaged. So, you know, there's all kinds of interesting sort of nods going on and sort of waving across and like, hello. That's interesting. Yeah, because when I rode in Scotland, I'm like waving, hey, just doing my best, and nobody <laughs> waved. And I'm like, what a bunch of jerks. But no, that makes it's not sense. because – but every time you wave – They don't want to drop their beans. You were right? losing beans, right? Right. Uh, okay, I, yeah, I lost waving, 20 of things on those rides. If you're waving with the hand closest to them. Courtesy. You know, um, when we've got listeners in England and we've got listeners in Australia. I mean, you know, I'm 25 years out of date at waving, uh, at, waving at people in England. So and I'd be interested, uh, English friends and our Australian chums, you know, what's the wave? Is it the simple nod or do you do a cross wave? And- or is it the dead squirrel full shake? Yeah, full catheter fling. Right. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know, back... Back in the 70s, the chance are you were on a big two-stroke anyway. So you're sitting, you're riding your GT 550, and, you know, you wave at somebody. And now you, you, there's no point just winding it on again. You know, you've got to go down through the, through the transmission. You've got to get it up in the power band again. So there's some real work going on to wave at somebody. So it's easy just not to. So nod at, <clears throat> nod at them. In other news, I dropped a little teaser on our Facebook page. I don't know if you guys saw it. The uh, evil Knievel commercial. Did you guys see it? No. Oh, so good. You got to go in there. It was for some of the evil Knievel, like, toys, like bicycles and stuff. And it's like evil being alcoholic. And it's like, because I'm evil. What? Knievel. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like they had like some choir music or something. Wow. Yeah, it was really great. Um, But we have a new contest that we're about to do. And I'm announcing it right now. So pay attention, everyone. There's a contest. And you can win a new Evil Knievel stunt cycle. That's right. I'm holding in my hand the newest version this is not the original one that we gave out you guys remember we gave out a bunch well i have uh three to give away and we're going to do one contest and top three winners will win them this is the brand new trail bike edition from california creations nice Nice. yes it's really cool if you guys have not gotten this yet uh, you need to go uh either enter this or go to evil can evil toys online Hopefully it has the patented flywheel. 
Um, <laughs> it does. So, Emma. Yes, darling. You helped me come up with the criteria. Last time we did trivia, and it's really hard to do um, trivia because people can find the answers to anything. So we came up with a contest. And well, I'm going to. There's, there's a contest within a contest. <laughs> okay. Is this contestception or something? <laughs> well, you, ju- you just hold on there, mister. Because this is this is a wonderful thing. Can I can I announce the criteria? Yeah, you came up yeah, with it. People sure. are going to earn. You're going to earn this prize. Yeah. You are going to earn this prize, but it, it is going to be worth it. Um, so, what in order to win the trail bike, which is brand new from California Creations? And if you remember, we interviewed mm-hmm. the guy. Um, I can't remember what episode it was. I know Liza's got a photographic thing. He's a very, very solid guy. He's a toy maker to the core. The, to the core, mm-hmm. these are legit toys. In order to win this, you need to write a poem or a song lyric with Knievel and rhyme it. Wow! Oh yeah. There once was a man named Evil, and Evil does not really rhyme with Knievel because that's his name. So get creative, get thinking. But here's the competition within a competition. If you come up with something worthwhile and it's a song, if you want to come on the show and sing it, (laughs) we're going to give you something else. Wait, do we know what that something else is? It's going to be good. Okay, we're working on it. I don't. Oh. We're working on what we're going to give you. But, you know, we've okay. got loyal listeners. They've been with us for a while. And they should know by now, if we say we're going to give you something good, it's going to be something really good. Oh, is it your uh, pinup, uh, pinup shoot? Or is that the Emma's? The, 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 the completely naked one. Yeah. Polaroids for the OnlyFans? <laughs> I was thinking more like soiled pantaloons. Oh, my God. <laughs> Emma's post-Vindaloo pantaloons. Post-Vindaloo pantaloons? Oh. oh, my Lord. Now, we are going to give oh. you, if you come up with the song of songs that will really reduce the audience to a tear, and want to come on this show and sing it in your own voice, we're going to give you something really, really good. And we don't know what it is yet, but I promise you it's going to be really, really good. All right. And uh, just to clarify some of the things, because everyone listening is a misfit, I am going to say, other than myself and Emma, who created this contest, all misfits are eligible. Rick, I know you've got your guitar there. So Rick's like, hmm. So here's the deal. Come poem? up with a, a poem and or haiku. song, haiku, anything, and uh, put it in a file and send it to RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com with the title of Evil Contest. And Emma and I are going to review them and judge them. We're going to pick the top three. And the top three will each get a stunt cycle and we'll pad it with some little extra stuff. Maybe one of Emma's squirrel covers, something like that. Yeah, and the... um. If you want to just add, and you can put it in red ink, whatever, I will sing this with your submission. (laughs) I will sing this. Then we're going to put it in the separate drawer for the prize amongst prizes. Now, this prize 
is going to put you in the next tax bracket. I guarantee it. <laughs> I mean, you're ri- you're going to have to file this on your 1099. Um, so it's it's going to be worthwhile. And I'm going to say that we're going to give everyone uh, till March 7th. So two weeks. March 7th oh, is the deadline. Uh, March 7 at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time so that we'll be able to pick a winner. How about that? Um, nice. So the Elton Johns, the Leonard Cohens, you know, the <laughs> Dylan Thomases amongst us. Now, Emma, do they get extra points if they have more cowbell? You know, you always need more cowbell. Yeah, there you go. Always need more cowbell. No take. points, but I think it gains credibility. I mean, if what? somebody wants to come on the show and sing it with cowbell. I yeah. personally like some of the good beat I can dance to. Yeah, exactly. A bit of toe tapping. What is a song without cowbell? Really? <laughs> right. It's <laughs> nothing, <laughs> Rick. It's nothing. Story fooling. Come on. Come on. Exactly. Can we add performance art in there? I'm kind of thinking a little uh, a little Gigi Allen. Oh, God, uh, might, no. might However you want. I mean, Please, if you don't know who thing. Gigi Allen is, do not Google it. Let me spare you. At the end of the day, this is highbrow entertainment. This is highbrow entertainment, and when? I expect... Each and every one of you to treat it that way. Are you listening to me at home? This is highbrow entertainment. I expect a quality poem or a haiku or a song, a ditty, a limerick, whatever. And here's an an Miss Emma top tip. Rhyming Knievel may be a tough task. So... We may cut you some slack and just let you rhyme it with ill. No. Come on. You know, Make, no, no, I mean, you know, if it's Cre- extra points for creativity, let's just say that. You yeah, know, like this is a, this is a very okay. sliding scale. It's a very sliding scale, but it's your time to shine. It's your time to get what may be the greatest toy on earth. There's there a question go. from the floor, Jim. Yes, possibly if I actually dressed like Evil Knievel during my performance, mm. could that add to the, uh, you know, I think that my, would add, I think there. that would add to the entertainment. Now, wait, yeah. I'm going to be the, gonna, the angry old one. As Evil Knievel. <laughs> What's that? What if I undressed as Evil Knievel for the performance? Well, yeah, same. I think that these would be classed as entertainment. Great okay. ideas. Okay. <laughs> great ideas. These are, these are fantastic <laughs> ideas. And Jim, can we collaborate? I have enough yes. thinking. You know. It's excellent. I secretly hope one of the studio misfits doesn't win. I really want a misfit at home. I want somebody in, you know, Kentucky who's listening, or maybe even Australia or England to be excited about this. And say, I'm going to win this and come up with something creative. And it's your chance to shine. You could become a legend for yards around. <laughs> you could be a legend in your own lunchtime, and we're going to make it happen and give you things. We're going to give you things. Just well. ask us; it's true. <laughs> well, there you go, uh, Emma. And, before we, oh, oh, go ahead. Also, one more thing I wanted to mention on the Evil Knievel subject, because mm-hmm. uh, I just went on their website to check out what they've got. They also have. Uh, I hadn't seen this before. I don't know if this is new or not, but they have an Evil Knievel stow and go ramp. Yes, the ramp is so nice. That you can, 
Right, so you can launch your Evil Knievel stunt cycle into the air. Yes. Like it should be. Yeah, they're actually going to be coming out with more of the toys, so I'm looking forward to see what else they come out with. Um, Emma, before we move on to the next, uh, can you please remove your left earring? Oh. Yes, it makes quite the bit of rattling. Clankety, clankety, clank. Thank you. Um, So I had an idea to try a a new segment um, that's kind of a – uh, it's a joining of a lot of different things we've done. So, you know, it's it's been a while since we did uh, um, get to know Miss Emma. And I thought, you know what? Every time I Hello. hang out with her, I get to know her a little bit better. And there's a lot of fascinating things about her. But also her depth <laughs> of knowledge is amazing. So I thought we'd do a little segment called Ask Miss Emma Anything, where we can get to know her, but also get to know the depth of her knowledge right so well it's um, better than the depths of my depravity darling so um i want to see do any of the misfits have a ask miss emma anything question i have a, a question that All might right, bagel, let's go miss for it. emma yeah. uh, the first production vespa had what size cc engine mm. oh god the question. <laughs> it was, was ni- 1946. It was bigger than 50. Yes, it was. Because 50 cc engines didn't produce enough power. Yep. I think, wasn't it something like 98 cc or something? Bingo. Wow. Boom. <laughs> On <the> money. <laughs> that to was the good. cc. Yes. Wow. Well wow. done. <laughs> and just so Thank you. everyone knows, Emma is not prepared. She did not know this. We are making this up. I'm um, looking at stuff on Craigslist right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, used Harley Davidson's on right. Craigslist. So I'm multitasking. Ooh, and I have some uh, listeners have sent in some questions. Uh, this one <laughs> is yes. from Tom in Portland. Hello, Tom. I don't know which Portland that is. Um, uh, Portland. He says, in a pinch, can you use maple syrup instead of oil? Roses are red, violets are purple. You can't use treacle or any kind of syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, don't, I don't think that would end well. <laughs> so, um, there's this marvelous story. There's this... There's, there's this marvelous story of a guy who was actually riding a Triumph Trident out in Africa, and he hit a rock and smashed the transmission. And all he had was bananas, and he stuck a load of bananas in the transmission, and it got him home. And it did. Wow. It really happened. However, a transmission ain't an engine. Yes. And, you know, a transmission, all it basically needs is a means of lubrication with the gears meshing together and it can all get flung around. An engine actually produces pressure and a lot of things like the camshaft and to a certain extent the older shell type cam sh- uh, crankshaft in an engine needs pressure. So, no, sorry, darling, maple syrup ain't going to cut it, um, but it'll sure smell good before it blows yeah. up. Yeah, caramelize yeah. your pistons. Right. 
glaze your <laughs> cylinder walls. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... I want my cylinder block glazed. <laughs> okay, I got a question for Miss Emma. Okay. It's kind of deep. Are you ready, my dear? Oh, if, if, you, if you were a motorcycle yourself, what motorcycle Ooh. would you be and why? And Mind I don't just blown. want to hear a Bonnie. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be it. I don't think so. Oh. I, I I think I know the answer, what? and I think it's in her garage right now. Maybe we should ask everyone else first. Um. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go over the criteria. Is I'm generally I'm older than people think I am, but I like to think I can still cut it in the young crowd. <laughs> Um, I'm a little bit overweight. I, t- I tend to be overweight until I look after myself, but I'm not in bad shape. Um, hmm. I well, think I'm good looking, but not in a classical sense. I'm sort of quirkily good looking. A hmm. unique babe, if you will. Yeah. You are good in a pencil no. skirt, though. You know... <laughs> If I seriously, Jim, if I was a bike, I'd be what I was riding yesterday. Really? As you were talking, that's what I was thinking. Which because is? you know, because my RF nine hundred, it's. I mean, you know, it's a it's a vintage bike, but it's as quick as a modern bike. You and, have an unnatural lust for that motorcycle. Yeah, you know, and it's it's yeah. it's. I think it's beautiful. You're so it, it looks like a leopard. It, I mean, it looks like a, a leopard. It's very very quirky looking. It's a very. There's nothing else on the road that looks like it, and you know, there's not many people that look like me. Um, and it can still hang with a young crowd. I mean, I vividly remember when the the bike shop I worked for. We used to go on group rides, and it was um, me and the service manager was who was riding an R1, and we'd always be at the front dicing, and sort of everybody else would be back there. So, I mean, it can hang with an R1, but like me, it's a little bit prone to being overweight. Well, um, and th- with those colors, it's flashy and outdated. Just like I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know. I always think that they, I'm very much like the mission in San Francisco because like the mission, I'm, col- oh. I'm colorful and loud and not particularly in the greatest taste. And if you catch me at the wrong time of day, I'm quite dangerous. But it, you can also find the best tacos there. Yes, you can. Yes. And you can find the best tacos at Miss Emma's house. So, yeah, that was a great question, Jim, but I think we're on the same page with that. Good one, Yeah, Jim. I think so, Because, too. I mean, every everybody who says, oh, yeah, she wants to be a Triumph Bonneville or a, or a Triumph Trident. and Not a BSA? <laughs> no, I love BSA. But I'm more mm. likely to have a relationship with those bikes. But, yeah. you know... Right. It's, there's there's something about me and that RF nine hundred. We're kindred spirits. Well, you both turn heads. I mean, you notice both of those things. You know, I mean, people see you. You're beautiful, and then the bike, same thing. And it stands oh. out. I mean, we were all those Harleys and the adventure bikes the other day, and the only bike you really saw was that RF. That that thing. 
that tail light. <laughs> it is large. It is large. You know, every so people have said to me, whenever they follow me on that bike, some mixolot is going through their head. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh. Uh, I'll tell you right. what, though, real quick, following Good. you yesterday, the uh, the break-free tech light, those things are money. You and Liza both mm-hmm. have them. Yeah. yeah. Those things are like one of the safest things going. Yeah, really they're, they're the money. And the thing I like about it is generally safety stuff can look a bit nerdy and hokey. Break-free looks cool as mm-hmm. hell. Yeah. Especially when you're on an RF 900. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it, it's it's... It's nice and sort of Tron-like without mm-hmm. being, you know, garish. Yeah, garish. It's yeah. just a really cool piece of kit. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, cheers, mate. Thank you for keeping yeah. me safe and so. giving me a super cool piece of kit. All right, Emma, I got another one. Yes, this one is from let's see, Daniel in Little Rock, I Daniel, think that's in Arkansas. He says, what color are your knickers? Oh, I don't think that's appropriate. Oh, oh I think that's entirely appropriate. <laughs> Wait, how do it's you a, spell it's nipple? A, it's a lamb. Yeah. Knickers. <laughs> knickers. It, it's a lamb <laughs> vindaloo color. <laughs> They're like a flag. They're kind of yellow in the front and brown. And white and brown. No. <laughs> Is that a gradient? <laughs> <laughs> Darling, I wear the same color knickers every day, and they are leopard print. Leopard print, darling. Ooh. Wow. Spicy. All right. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Spicy oh. taco. Yeah, I've got a question. Wait, well, I think Rick, Rick had his hand up first. Oh, okay. Rick, he just fell out. Okay. Rick, no. He just fell out. Okay. Come back, Rick. Man in the rowboat overboard. All right, Rick. You, you, Rick, you had a question? Oh, I've got one. No, he just so, fell off his chair, darling. You're right. It'll grow back. I'm like a starfish, but hairier. Um, okay. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> take that as you will. No. Um, <laughs> so oh, I have the 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 pleasure, the joy, the pain of knowing Emma for a very long time, and there's a photograph that charged my little motorcycle hard up when I was a youngster that I saw of Miss Emma very long time ago on a bike that she had built that was the color orange. Oh, yes. And had the clockwork orange paint on the oil bag, I think it was. Yes. Yes. Can you tell me, do you know the picture I'm talking about? There's one of you just sitting on it like in a field and there are bikes fucking everywhere. You're doing something much cooler than I did this week. Were you, were you just having all the fun doing bike event things? What bike was that? Catch me up. Okay, so that bike started as a bet in a pub. <laughs> because, <laughs> no, seriously. So, at the time, I was very, very much into water buffaloes. Or as they say in England, uh, kettles. Or GT750s. And I've had a lifelong love affair of these. I've had every single model from the drum brake K right up until the very, very end, the Bs in 78. And it's something I keep coming back to. I have other bikes, and I've, I've said this a thousand times over, my heart's always with British bikes. 
But I always have a soft spot for GT750s. And at the time, I was riding around on a GT750A that I got very, very cheap from um, uh, the Automobile Association. Um, they they had a um, auction where they'd auction off wrecked bikes. And I'd pick this thing up very, very cheap because somebody had cartwheeled it on the M25 outside mm. London. And so I'd bought it very, very cheap, and I'd kind of straightened everything out. And it rode actually great, but it looked terrible. And we were having a, uh, a bet at the pub, and they were saying, you know, you can only really chop Triumphs and Harleys. And I said, no, you can chop anything. And they said, no, you can only chop Harleys and Triumphs and make them look good. And I said, no, you can chop anything and make it look good. You've just got to get the proportions right. And they said, prove it. (laughs) And I said, I will. What do you want me to chop? And they said, that GT750 you're riding, and you've got to keep the radiator. And so I did. And so I chopped the GT750, and I I put a classic hardtail frame on it. I used, like, six-inch over telescopic forks. It was a classic... Job. It had a 21-inch front wheel, which I boosted from a trail bike because it was very much a budget build. So I had this little spooled brake drum hub, 21-inch rim, I had a 16-inch out back with like a, a wide glide fender. And I tried to keep the theme of threes because it's a three-cylinder. So I had three round tail lights tucked up inside the flip on the fender. It had three gauges, which all matched. It had the Speedo Taco and the Temp Gauge. So it was like threes. And the bike itself was called the Clockwork Orange because it was orange. And people always used to say it sounded clockwork. Hmm. So I had the the guy with the big eye and the bowler hat on the oil bag, which was the two-stroke tank, which was actually a lawnmower fuel tank. Yeah. And then... Um, I, I really didn't know what to do about an exhaust system. And I came across a set of expansion chambers from a sidecar outfit. And back hmm. in the early 70s, um, that engine, that Suzuki GT750 engine, was very, very popular with sidecar racers because it was compact and you could make big power with it. But sidecars were very, very low to the ground. So they had these very, very low-profile expansion chambers. And I got a set of those, and I did a little bit of modification to it. And so, you know, I had this, like, 90-horsepower two-stroke chopper. And it became quite famous in the day. You know, the the picture that was taken was at the very, very first um, thing called the Bulldog Bash. And the Bulldog Bash was held just outside Stratford-upon-Avon, right in the middle of England. And... (laughs) There was a new the, – the thing I remember most, and somebody might be able to find this piece of footage, there is a newscaster from BBC standing by the side of the A38, which is the main road running into Stratford-upon-Avon. And the segment was, you know, the bulldog bash, everyone's concerned about the noise, and, you know, there's all these Harleys coming through and the reporter's saying, yes, and, you know, there's the, you know, we can hear these motorbikes aloud. And then I just come screaming past with these three expansion chambers with, 
you know, the baffles missing. So it sounds like a swarm of angry bull tacos. And they're just like, <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> right on cue. Um, and yeah, we just that used is. to, you know, stand in a field and listen to bands and take all kinds of chemistry lessons and drink beer and have a really groovy time. And this was, gosh, this was the mid 80s. Uh, very, they yeah, had very, these bikes in the 1880s? Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> they were steam-powered. Um, you know, Isambard Kingdom Brunel taught me everything I know, including how to properly wear a top hat. Mm. <laughs> All right. Important. I have another one, and this one is from, oh, Daniel in Little Rock. Uh, Hello, Daniel. Uh, all right, and he says, what color is your brazier, Daniel? These are not appropriate questions. Always appropriate. And today, like every day, I am wearing my red red brassiere. Okay. Yes, the red the red frilly one goes very very well with the uh, leopard printy knickknacks. You know, I'm not the kind of matching bra and knickers kind of gal. You know, I like to mix and match. That throws them off. When it matches, it seems a little pre-thought it's, out. It's a little matchy-matchy, you know? isn't it? It's a little preppy. Yeah. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. is a little preppy. Yeah. Yes. All right. Bagel, you had another one? Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, of all the places where you could ride, where is the place that you would like to ride the most where you've never ridden before? Oh, gosh. That's a good question because I love riding in America. Um, Spain is an absolute joy to ride in. Mm-hmm. I could spend the rest of my life riding around Spain. It's it's a fantastic place. They seem completely unable to build any grip into their concrete, into their <laughs> asphalt, but that really doesn't matter. That's um, why they're all, all hard enduro riders over there. Yeah. <laughs> I think based on from what I've seen Vietnam, Hmm. I would love to ride in yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, agree. Nice. You know, it's just, I mean, I think everyone saw the Top Gear episode where they're all on motorcycles of some description. <laughs> and then I've seen other stuff from Vietnam, and it just seems the most extraordinarily beautiful country with the most beautiful people in it as well. Because, you know, that all adds to the experience. Because if you're spending all day and all afternoon riding, you know, you want to meet cool people when and you're done. Let's not forget about the snacks you would find on the side of the road. Oh, Holy I mean, crap. Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, that's a great question, Bagel. I think Vietnam. Now, would you would you do that knowing that you're not able to import any bikes into Vietnam? You'd have oh, to no, I do it on bike. a little bike. I think, okay, excellent. No, I think part of the fun, I think part of the fun of doing it would be on a smaller capacity bike. And when yeah. I think back to that particular Top Gear episode, I think Hammond had the right idea on the Russian Army bike. Yeah. <laughs> the Russian Army two-stroke. I mean, yeah. it's just perfect. All right. I yeah. Got- um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be any fun. If you were doing it on a Goldwing, I think you'd miss part of the experience. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, good one. All right, I got another one. This one is from Liza in Santa Cruz, and this one says, Yes, hello, Liza. Emma, are you aware that the chain on your glasses is making a racket against your microphone? I had no idea. (laughs) Um, (laughs) These are like real time. This is wild. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I finally figured out what the sound was. We're just going to keep pulling pieces of metal off of her until we figure it out. 
It's you know, like I, strip I, and the only the reason I wear this chain is because Jim <laughs> likes me looking like a librarian. Mm-hmm, that's right. I do. All right, <laughs> I, I have a I have a real question. <laughs> yes, uh, this one. What does librarian costume look like? This one is from John and Tempe, and Hello, he says, John. Is it John or Johnny? Um, John, just John. John okay, says, John. Um, I've heard that two strokes are better than a four-stroke bike. Yes. All I have is a four-stroke. How do I take two strokes out? Oh, you're ah. moving. <laughs> I don't know, but when you find out, give me a call, buddy. Removing <laughs> 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 strokes. Oh, God, I love it. Strokectomy. <laughs> Got it down to one stroke, Emma. <laughs> the mighty one. <laughs> A thumper, if you will. Oh. <laughs> I digress. Oh, God. Rick's <laughs> down to one stroke. <laughs> I'd never leave the house. <laughs> See, and that's funny because Jim told me, told me the more strokes, the better. Oh my god! Well, that's all. That's all relative. Oh my god! Was the two-stroke dump? You're okay. <laughs> oh god! Oh, almighty! All right. Um, uh, I got. I have another one for Emma. I'm just okay. kind of curious. Well, we, didn't, uh, we didn't answer. Oh, you're on this one. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the answer. Back to it's, the strokes. It's a, it's a fundamentally different principle, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? No, Emma, it's just suck, squeeze, right. bang, blow. It's the same thing. Oh, right? yes. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> can I, can I, can I uh, add a little something to that answer? Yeah. Yes. I know someone, well, I don't know them personally, but I know that someone has actually done that. Taken a four-stroke motor. Oh, you can do it. And turn it into a two-stroke. Yes, there, you can. There is, there is someone who took a Heinkel motor, a four-stroke Heinkel motor, filled in the the case and created a, uh, a, a, a um, what is it, the, 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 um, the, port, the port induction in the case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the transfer cases. Right, and, and made it into a two-stroke with a two-stroke cylinder on top of it. Now um, listen, and, l- listen here, Bagel. Yeah. Now, I know that's possible, but that that's is possible. An, it's an engineering feat. Yes. You keep your mutant motor talk out of here. Yes, yes I, I, exactly. I, 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 I maybe I may be wrong. It was either it was either Germans or or Brit or British who who did it. I forget who. Oh, but it was Stalin. Could it could have been? It was it was for it was I think it was for drag racing. Um, I could be wrong, but it was it was absolutely insane. And, and the lengths that they had to go to convert it to a two-stroke was just just mind-blowing. You know, and the, those drag racers, they're, they're an interesting bunch. You know, these are big, oh, yeah. burly, hairy men that dress like <laughs> their moms. <laughs> and it's no fun. I, it's no fun. Would you say mother. they resemble a hairy starfish? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, it'll only take two strokes then. <laughs> I don't think I see that arm growing back right now. Jim, you were looking for a good band name. I think Harry Starfish is the one. Oh, better than my last one, Poop on the Shovel. <laughs> That's my desert yeah. band. We put out the desert. Just- that's just the EP, you know. Keep it as an album title. Okay. All right, Bagel, yeah, you had you had a question? 
Oh, no, that, that was it. Okay. That's Jim, you said you had a question? Yeah, I got one. I might be off base, Emma, but I, I <laughs> After that, I don't possible. think so. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be an affinity, and we've mentioned it a couple of times tonight, oddly enough, for Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Suzuki, I'm yes. Curious, you know Suzuki. the water buffalo. We go. We you know we always saw that that bike down Jameson and um, the RF, yeah. of course, and Barry Sheen. You know we both gloat over on a regular basis back and forth. But is what is there an attraction to Suzuki oh. and why? Oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Um. So and I mean, bear in mind, this is my opinion. I don't want to upset anybody. I don't want to inflame anybody. And remember, my personal opinions were formed really 40, 45 years ago when the whole superbike movement was taking hold. So if you take the individual manufacturers, um, Honda never made the power. Never made the power. They're good bikes, but they never made the power. Kawasaki's made the power, but... You know, some of them were a little bit flashy and some of the quality was a little bit questionable. You know, you'd ride a Kawasaki through an English winter and all the chrome would fall off and the engine would just go crusty white. And the early ones had handling issues too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they were never that common. You know, Mm. even back in the late 70s, if you saw an H1 or an H2, it's like, oh, it's one of them. You know, it was an uncommon bike that back then. You know, a lot of people were riding Z1s. A lot of people were riding Z650s. You know, these were really common bikes um, and great bikes. Made lots and lots of power. But, mm-hmm. you know, not always the most tasteful. Um, Yamaha, God, they did such a good job of shooting themselves in the foot so many times. Um yeah. You know, they'd come out with a great concept like the XS750 triple, and they'd be plagued with so many problems with it, and the XS11 that just dropped second gears. So Mm. that kind of left Suzuki, and Suzuki's were a great alternative because they looked great. They were really, really nicely made bikes. They made great power. And it just, I don't know whether it was just the the crowd I hung out with in Birmingham, but we all had them. Um, We all had GT550s, 380s. A lot of us had 380s. Um, When the GSs came out, the GS550 and the 750 and the 850 with the shaft drive, and they were just frigging brilliant bikes. And when you've been messing about with these things as long as I have, Motorcycling is is just the thrill of motorcycling, but there's a lot of nostalgia thrown in as well. And, you know, I do kind of get a little bit nostalgic for those days when I was a teenager and, you know, I'd hop on my GS11 and just ride to Germany for the weekend. Um, but, yeah, I've had a long, long association with Suzuki's. And they're just great. Are they perfect? No. You know, Suzuki have had terrible charging systems since the 1970s. I always joke with people is one day Suzuki will perfect a charging system and nobody (laughs) will know what the hell to do with it. Um, And, 
you know, if some of the graphics on the fared bikes, you know, you point a jet wash at it wrong and all the graphics fall off. But they're just, they've got a lot of heart, those bikes. So and, then, tell, and so what about the Barry Sheen connection? How does that play into that? Well, you know, Barry Sheen, um, Suzuki really just stumbled on that RG500 concept. And up until the RG500, which was Barry Sheen's weapon of choice, the weapon of choice was the TR750, which was really a race version of a water buffalo. It was three-cylinder. It had some pretty radical porting and, you know, big racing carburetors. But it was basically a GT750 engine race prepped up. And as good an engine as it was, Suzuki knew that it was it it was going to be beyond its prime very very soon, so they came up with this concept, very very radical concept of a square four, two cylinders in front, two cylinders behind, twin crankshafts geared together, and it made for a very very compact engine. And then you could do things like rotary valve induction where the carburetors live down by the crank on the engine. And so you could have this thing that's not much bigger than a bag of groceries that's like 100, 120, 130 horsepower. And it was good enough to propel Barry Sheen to all kinds of victories. It was just the right bike with the right rider. But bear in mind, Barry Sheen was always looking for more power. If you see Barry's very, very late last career bike, it was a Yamaha. He went to Yamaha in, I th- want to say, 81. Well, he's competing with Kenny, 80. right? Yeah. So he went, he went to Yamaha. So it wasn't, it was, it, he was a, he was fond of big power bikes. And back from mm. 74, 75 until 80, when he was absolutely at the top of his game, the big power bike was the RG500 Suzuki. But it just so happens, and there we are. There he is. There he is sitting on his RG500 Suzuki. Number seven. Right, Barry, look how long his hair is. That's a great-looking <laughs> toy. It is. I. It was given to me by a very, very dear friend. Thank you, Jim. All right. Um, I have another one. This one is from JB in Orlando. (laughs) Was that JB or BJ? (laughs) Already. JB wants a BJ. Um, Hello, JB. Uh, JB says, um, I love Orlando. Where is the best place on a bike to mount a rocket launcher? And he has a. Honda Rebel, a 97 Rebel 250. Okay. Um, I'm going to give him two. I'm going to give him two choices. Okay. I'm going to give him two choices. Um, it needs to be sturdily mounted, and you can mount it pointing forward for when you want to go backwards in a hurry. Or if you point it backwards, you can use it for extra acceleration. Oh, good one. But, well, well, I think he's talking about a rocket launcher, though, not a rocket engine. Yeah, rocket yeah, launcher. No, I mean a launcher. Yeah, because when it chucks that rocket yeah. out of there, I mean it's he's putting set it, it up a like a mortar. Set yes. it up like a mortar. Just well, you could, you could send right. it up like you could send it up directly, 
Because yeah, you don't know where it's going to go. Your rebel has enough power to get yourself out of the way, otherwise it'll come down on your head. Right. Well, would you mount it? And would you mount it on top or down low, or where would you put it? Oh, down low. And just no, curious, definitely. on a oh. Honda Rebel, how fast does he have to be going to not come to a complete stop when it fires? Oh, I th- miles an hour. Yes, I think eighty-eight <laughs> miles an hour is the key. <laughs> Which is why I say you should mount it backwards, or you could have it on a swivel. So you could be firing, you could be firing mortars to help you mm. get up to eighty-eight miles an hour, and then at the crucial moment, you know, the vinegar stroke, as it were, you could reach down and flip it. You could reach down and flip it forward, and then shoot oh, your no. shell. You just you broke Did everybody Jim. Everybody just spit into their. You computer just broke just Jim. Jim. Okay, just cut my nose. I don't even know what. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> And I lost it. There's two ways to find out. <laughs> I'm getting a rocket. <laughs> Let me get the one stroke. Hang on. <laughs> that, that would be the one stroke. Snake it to the big boar. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I think uh, we have time for one more question. Yes, yes, darling. Sure. Uh, oh, this is good. And this is from Jody in Washington, D.C. I don't know hey, if Jody. Jody is a man or a woman. <clears throat> uh, Jody, Jody says Jody, Jody is a girl's name uh, Okay I Boy's know. name too Yeah. Alright okay. so Jody says I just got my license on, And I'm about to get my first bike I could use your help In recommending what to get Good um, Brusa. So I commute <laughs> Stretch Brusa <laughs> With the sidecar <laughs> Of course uh, I commute launcher. in the city in, in Washington D.C. So a good city bike but I would also like to be able to load it up with gear and go camping. Um, I have a girlfriend, so I'd like to take a passenger and maybe go on some long trips. I've also always wanted to try some dirt biking, maybe a track day or two. And I've really wanted to try a hill climb. <laughs> you need a excellent, all excellent ideas. No, I think this is absolutely fantastic. So what fantastic. would be a good first bike for Jody? Um, I have a recommendation. I would say a Honda CB500X and two sets of wheels. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, the funny thing is, listening to all these things, you know what would actually be a great bike for all of these? Stretch Booster. No, I'm I'm like thinking a Vespa. A Vespa. For a hill climb? <laughs> you know, if you so. stood on the front bonnet and had your hands behind your arse and sat on the headlight, <laughs> oh, you God. might have a like lead. Sat on, on, you sat on the front fender and hooked your feet into the floorboards, maybe. There <laughs> we go. We could put some BMX pegs on the axles. I don't, I've got ideas. Yeah, you know, where there's a will, there's a, a rocket way. launcher. I, my my thought was that sounds like the job for a versus. <laughs> Am I right? Well, definitely not on a hill climb. The versus wheelie's too easy. Okay, but for everything else, <laughs> yeah, just strap maybe. your bag to the front fender when you're doing the hill climb, and then that's your <laughs> camping gear. See, you can do this. <laughs> no, it, it, wait, it, wait up front. Stra- sounds like a job for a stretch Ooh. booster to me, or stretch versus. How about that? Ooh, um, yeah. I, I think you go with the, the, the old tried and true like DR650, KLR, you know, KLR, one of those dual sports. For yeah, first bike? The tires. Yeah. I mean, and, they're dual sports. For, they're not. 
Can you do two up on one of those? Yes. Yep. Yep. And especially if you got like spend a little bit extra dough, get a seat concept seat or something like that. But why not a a KLR? You can tour on it. You know, if you get 50, 50 tires, it'll carve around, you know, and dual sports are great for the city. You can get between traffic, you can go over curbs. I think dual sports are great first bikes anyway. Yeah, um, definitely figure out what you're going to find yourself doing more of too. If you never play in the dirt and you think it's just a super cool idea, you did it once and it sucks. Rad. So get your toe out of that water and there's a whole nother thing to be looking at. You know? So there you go. And um, so Jody, um, write in, let us know what you bought and um, let us know whether you're a boy or a girl. Cause I like to get these things right. <laughs> Is it Jody with a Y or Jody E E Jody with a Y. Uh, might be a guy. Um, so we mentioned that we had a great ride tooting around, but Jim, you had another uh, great ride the day before and you had an interesting story. Do you want to share it? Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it was so Friday. I had the day off and um, I haven't been doing a lot of riding lately, but you know, I'm definitely in the mood to do a lot more now. So took a ride up through the Santa Cruz mountains. Um, hadn't been up there in a while since the fires, yeah. you know, I've been after the fires, but it'd been a few months and I know we had some rain. So I was curious to just kind of check it out, see what everything's doing. And um, it, was, it was quite interesting. You know, you still got to see a lot of fire damage. It's still really bad up there. Um, and you see where, like, there's some been debris flows or basically big mudslides, you know, taking down chunks of mountains. Um, so people are still having a hard time up there. Uh, but it's great dual sport riding. You know, it's twisties and all that. Um, they're still doing a lot of work. And I think, well, I don't know how much of this whole story I want you want me to, to, to mention, but you know what they will say, I, I said it last time, but it's always good to stop and say hi to people. Interesting things just seem to happen. You know, I was in the desert, it happened, and I got to see some crazy wildlife stuff. And on this trip, I was in one of the kind of the mountainy side roads, uh, Alba Road, it's what it's caused, called, because some of the other roads they were doing a lot of work on and you couldn't really get through timely. But uh, this one, I'm coming up Alba Road, so it's a twisty mountain road, um, and there's a tree blocking kind of half of the road, but it's coned off, it's safe, you know, it was just laying there. And there was a Ural with a sidecar uh, parked next to it. Um, so I come rolling up. And as I slow down, they went to wave me on like everything was okay. But, you know, I've been riding for a long time. And I'm like, oh, I'll just stop and say hi and see how it's going. Um, so I turned off the bike. And, you know, we kind of made a couple of jokes. And ended up being um, uh, some really nice people. Uh, a guy, I don't know if people <laughs> do adventure riding. But if you're familiar with advrider.com, um, a guy named Baldy who runs that. Uh, that forum, a uh, really cool forum if you have a chance to check it out. Uh, and we just kind of chatted for about 15 or 20 minutes on the side of the road. You know, a few cars would come by, um, but everybody was slowing down because there's a tree halfway in the road. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we parted ways after a, con- a nice conversation and I went up through the mountains um, down to the coast. They were heading the same general direction. Um, you know, it was cold and wet and rainy. Uh, so I went down to the coast to a little town called Davenport to get some tea and I like a cookie or something. Um, and it was funny as I was coming out with a tea from the Davenport Roadhouse, I think it was, um, and some sweets. I walked out and lo and behold, there's the girl with a sidecar again, um, nice. which was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you want me to tell the whole story, Liza? Yeah, or? yeah. No, it's, oh, okay. it gets it better. Cat. It gets better. Oh, uh, yeah. So it was <laughs> kind of funny. So, um, yeah. So uh, it was funny to see them out there. And I thought, oh, maybe they just um, I knew they were coming this direction. They were heading up the coast and then back over the hill via Alice's, something like that, to go back to somewhere over in the Bay Area. Um, and I thought they just saw the Africa twin out front uh, and swung by just to say hi or take a little break. So I walked out with my tea and 
And uh, hey, how's it going? Good, good. And then um, he's like, yeah, we're having a little bit of a problem with the bike. Well, because of um, the ADVrider.com page uh, that he does, he gets free bikes to ride every now and then for a few months. So he had had both Africa twins, Liza, and we talked a lot about those. Um, and this time he had the Ural with the sidecar and he had his companion with him. And I just, you know, as he's walking over, he says, hey, we're having some problems. Uh, maybe you can come check it out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, a Ural with fuel injection. I'm sure I'm going to be a lot of help. Let me go get a stick to poke it with. Yeah, let me get a butter <laughs> knife from in here. I got it. <laughs> exactly. With the spark plugs, I'll pee on them. Um, right. <laughs> but anyway, I'm like, hey, you know, I, why not? I was going to come in. Maybe there's a loose wire. You know, who knows what? So he started describing it was a uh, kind of backfiring and losing power coming down the hill um, and then lost power. And the engine light came on as he pulled over to the side. Um, and just lost power with the engine light on um, and wouldn't start originally, but then sat there for a minute. So I don't know, maybe it's charging or something like that, but we went over, turned the key on, light was bright, fired right up, but he was still concerned. Engine light was on. And, and if you're familiar with that stretch of highway one, as you go North, you were pretty much lose cell reception. So, you know, in about 10 or 15 minutes, they're not going to have cell coverage or anything like that. So it's, it's concerning. Um, and it was funny that it was a brand new motorcycle that he got to write reviews on, but uh so we're laughing and kind of looking at it and just wondering if it's okay to, to try to make the trip back. And I said, well, I can always call a friend. Um, and they kind of laughed and laughed. So I sure enough pick up the phone and call Emma. Um, <laughs> and next thing I know, hello, Jim. <laughs> I'm like, hello, Emma. And we're just laughing. And they're kind of, you know, they're still kind of messing with the bike and worried about the engine light and stuff. And so I tell him, I say, I got my friend on the on the phone. Well, we can check it out. So tell him what happened. So then, am I right? I got you on the speakerphone. Then I was on speakerphone, and <laughs> we went through it. <laughs> but the, the line of the day was... <laughs> this is the good part. Because <laughs> she, she was like, so is it fuel injected? Is it carbureted? We're like, carbureted. And she said, oh, God help you if it's Russian fuel injection. <laughs> 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 Which it wasn't. But... Uh, Anyway, I think, um, you know, the, the problem seemed to just sort itself out. Either something was in the gas or an issue with an injector. Um, but, yeah, Emma kind of we, we talked about it for a bit on speakerphone. And, um, and uh, yeah, and Emma just kind of said, well, let's give it a try and head on down the road. So, um, so they did. They fired it up. And I was still drinking my tea. But I told them, hey, I'll follow you guys. I'll be maybe 10 minutes behind you. They were just heading back up the coast. And I was still in the mood to ride. So, hey, I'll go up the coast. And. So they were going to have lunch at a place about 40 minutes up the road. Um, and I said, hey, as long as, I don't, as long as I don't see you on the side of the road, I'll figure it's all good. So I, I went up to that destination, didn't see him, figured they were good. And then I actually took advantage of some other great riding um, up Gazos Creek and Butano State Park, again, where it was just devastated by the fire. Um, you know, things are closed. There's mudslides everywhere. Uh, really wild. But anyway, just back to the point, I think is it, it's always mm -hmm. nice to stop and say hi to people. And I think. Yeah. With COVID, honestly, I miss that. I mean, I'm not a social person, right? Anybody that knows me, but I, I do miss that a little bit. And motorcycles are great. The, every time it seems like every time I stop and talk to somebody, something kind of cool happens. Um, so that, that was kind of the best part of the story. It's just, you know, just stop and say hi. I, I love that, that you do that. And you never know who you're going to meet. And turns out to be somebody who's really cool doing cool stuff. Motorcycles. I know, stuff. way cooler than we are, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um. I wanted to share something I, I posted on Facebook, but I got a new thing and it's so cool. Yeah. So I finally bucked up and I went and ordered a new seat for the Africa twin. 
And I ordered it from our friends at Corbin. Exactly. So, um, you got that COVID money, didn't you? <laughs> so, got stimulated. One of the things rich. that um, we're fortunate here, uh, being so close, that we can make an appointment and go down to Corbin and have a seat custom made, literally carved to our ass. Um, but I opted not to do that because when I was on their website, just trying to figure out like what seat I wanted. Um, I discovered that their software that they have on their website, build a seat is so good um, that you can actually, you know, pick your bike and then you can pick all the different fabrics, pick stitch patterns, pick the piping, pick all the things. And there's so many colors to choose from. And, and then it changes the image and then you can like actually like turn, spin the bike around to see it from different angles. And I, I felt that, I was able to build exactly what I wanted just by using that. And man, when I'm talking like, so I got a red and blue seat with white piping to match the bike, but I'm talking like there were many reds to choose from and many versions of, of, of red, you know? Um, so I thought that was so cool and how easy it is to custom build your own seat at no additional cost using their, their program on the website. So I did that and I was actually able to get the seat built and delivered to me faster than if I had made an appointment. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Because they were still a couple of weeks out for appointments. I've and, done the appointment thing. That's really cool that the other option works killer. That's good to hear. The website. Well, it's really killer. And the other glowing review I have um, is that I was also very impressed with customer service. Because customer service, they called me, said, hey, we got your order. We're just going over it. And we noticed that the seat that you built looks very much like one of the seats that we have on display for your bike, but it's slightly different color red. I wanted to make sure you were trying, you know, if you were trying to get the one in our picture, I said, actually, no, I used your color palette and I matched one a little bit closer to the red in my bike, I feel, than what you had. Uh, but thank you for asking, you know, and, and, um, I thought that the customer service was very good on following up, giving me all the information, just going over it, checking on stuff. And then when the seat actually arrived, very well packed, um, I installed it. And here's the real kicker. Oh, so I, I, I bucked up. I got the heated seat. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> and and uh, so it's, it comes in you know, with a little switch on the side, which I kept playing with yesterday. It was really not cold enough to have a heated seat. And I kept burning my ass, but I just had to keep playing you're with you're it. Talking. Right. Um, but the thing I was also very impressed with. So on a heated seat, which I've never installed before, you have electrical wiring that you have to attach to your bike on almost every single thing I've ever installed. You have to tap into wiring somewhere. Right. And I was so impressed. I showed it to Emma. They came up with a great solution. A great solution to this. And what it is is there's a, a, a wire connection that comes off of the, the seat. And it basically has the blades of a fuse in in a uh, right angle connector. So the blades of the fuse, you so you pull the fuse out and you put this connector in to the blades and then it has a little 90 degree thing that the fuse goes into there. Does that make sense? Yeah. It steals the power, like where the fuse is connected. 
So all you yeah. do is you're plugging it into Go the ahead. fuse, but then the fuse is in line on that wire. Right. Now, the only right. downside is that you can no longer close the fuse cover box, hmm. but they supply this tiny little like um, shower cap that oh, goes over whatever. the whole thing. The Jimmy hat. A little prophylactic. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a little hat. shower cap that goes over it to kind of rainproof it. So I was impressed with their software. I mean, look, Corbin's been around for a long time. We've interviewed Corbin. I've been buying Corbin seats. But it's so nice to see the technology has continued to be one of the – I mean, I, I looked at a, every other seat available for my bike. Nobody had uh, software like this where you could design it and really go to town, customize it at no additional cost. The quality of the seat, the customer service, the solution to wiring it up, everything I was really impressed with. So hats off to Corbin and what a great seat. I'll back up the customer service. Not that I, I do not promote drinking and operating your motorcycle, but <laughs> I found myself somewhere after drinking and lost my keys to my motorcycle. Mm. So a cool Corbin feature that was available for my motorcycle, instead of having to use any hardware or screws or anything, you just pop a key in the side, dunk, and the whole thing pops off. Super easy, especially with my Harley that the battery liked to die all the damn time. Yeah, Rick, I don't know if you know this, but all of our bikes do that. Your seat is now locked onto your motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, you know, know, this beats when world's catching (laughs) up. Um, I'm kidding. (laughs) Whatever. I thought it was cool, but imagine you lose your key, you're fucked, or you're sitting there with a drill in the parking lot being that guy. And so I called Corbin in in a huff, and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. And the guy was so cool. I got a hold of someone in Hollister. Mm -hmm. They -hmm. said, hey, call this guy at our Florida store. And they gave me his number. I called him and after a four minute phone call. And I think one day I had a key mailed to me oh, and they cool. were able. Yeah. And, wow. and I had two mailed to me with a brand new keychain, no charge. And I was like, you guys rule. Nice. So wow. yeah. Yeah. Big ups to the Corbin people. They do a great thing. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And yesterday's ride was a good test on, uh, on that. Cause on my stock seat, my ass would get sore, which is funny. Because it's a, a softer seat, but um, this, you know, the Corbin seats are, they're pretty, they feel hard. Yeah. But I also just think about like, I don't know about you guys, but growing up in school, we sat in like wooden chairs for like hours and hours and hours and your ass didn't get tired, right? Um, it's yeah, just, well, I mean, you know, yeah, but don't forget like, you know, that's Mike's proprietary, you know, foam, whatever right. it is. And, and you know, the more seat time you get, the more it'll, you know, it'll shape. And it's funny on my mm-hmm. uh See, I, cause I got them on a couple of bikes, but on the Africa twin, it's almost like I've, I've worked two seating positions into it. One is where I'm right up on the tank. Yeah. Like you're right up on the tank, kind of riding, you know, through the twisties and I can lock in there and then my oil all the way back, you know, your butt locks into that wall back there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then and, and that too. So over time too, it'll, it'll, you know, it molds and, but that's the key, right? The, the, the stock seats mm-hmm. are soft and that's why they start to hurt so much. Yeah. You know, these are more firm and blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah, but it's a huge improvement. Yeah. Um, and then Especially the other, at your age. The other thing I wanted to just give a, a little feedback on. So you guys remember when we had, um, we talked about Quinn helmets with all the sensors in it and everything? Right. Well, they finally came out with the Adventure helmet, the brand new one. And I, I ordered one and I got it in. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, I can't wait to be a part of the whole Quinn thing as they build out the, the software in the community and everything. <laughs> Jim, you just didn't mute, you silly goof. Um, 
But there's an issue with it. Uh-oh. So uh, there's three things that I require in my helmets, and that is a modular, a flip-down sunshield, and an ADV visor. And I just have learned over all the years of writing, these are just the things that I need to be comfortable. And the ADV visor is important to me because where we live on the coast, in the morning when we're heading out, we're heading into the sun. And in the afternoon when we're coming home, we're heading into the sun. And I use that visor all the time to dip my head down and block the sun. Well, on this one, it has that visor, but it's so short that it actually doesn't come out Mm. beyond the brow of the helmet. So if I look up, I cannot even see the visor. So what it does is Mm. it looks to be cosmetic, but Mm. it still catches wind and vibrates. Yeah. Oh, which really kind of frustrates me because I have uh, my other helmets that I use have a visor and they will at certain points or certain windshields vibrate. But to me, it's worth it if I have that ability to block the sun. So um, it kind of frustrated me that this is just a cosmetic thing. So I, I may have done something stupid. I don't know. But uh, this is my brand new helmet. And I took a Dremel <laughs> to the visor today. Uh, no. <clears throat> And here's my plan. So I cut two lines, basically uh, about, you know, the sides of the visor above my eyes from the helmet straight out in a straight line. So what I did was um, I took the center of the visor and I'm just sliding it forward an inch and a half. And then I'm going to try and glue it back together and reinforce that seam somehow so that I can have that stick out. Um, I may end up like losing it on the first ride, (laughs) you know, who knows? Sure. We'll try. And, and full disclosure, they do provide caps to go. So if you do remove the visor, there are caps to go over the part of the helmet where it attaches, but I want a visor. So I am modifying my brand new helmet and trying to make a better, better visor. Perfect. So we'll see how it shit. goes. Uh, I think both Jim and I have a lot of glue on our hands right now. Yeah, yeah I think my skin was sticking better to the visor than the uh, than the actual plastic I know, itself. I know, Jim. But I didn't get there. I didn't tell you. You helped me. Like he he helped me. Like hold it. We're trying to hold it as glue set. And I went it. back in to check on it, and I bumped the stool it was sitting on, and the I started to fall, and I grabbed it by the visor, and the whole thing oh. snapped off. Like, uh, well, I told you, I think you should just drill some holes in it and then zip tie stitch it, you know, like those two stroke guys on the rear fender when it snaps safety off. Safety wire. Yeah. Just stitch it with zip ties. That's not a or safety, or safety wire. wire. Yeah. Or both. It's not a horrible idea. No, I talked to Emma yeah. about, um, I was going to cut actually a piece <clears throat> of some strips of fabric, like from a t shirt, and use epoxy, uh, put it on the bottom and use epoxy, which should be absorbed into the shirt and form a seam that's reinforced. Well, you need, yeah. You need like Hyper a chemical glass. weld. Hmm? Yeah. You need some sort of a chemical weld. You know, I, I was thinking about that, Liza, and I think your key is going to be a combination deal. Yeah. So, um, a t-shirt's ba- basically made out of nylon, which mm-hmm. is, if you want to kind of stretch things is like a form of plastic. Yeah. And you could mm-hmm. actually use like model glue. Oh, which it, would melt it. Which would kind of, because you want to kind of melt the surfaces hmm. together or at least melt the surface enough 
that it, it you know it's a rough surface for everything to bite into. Um, yeah, t-shirts typically are, are cotton or cotton blends. But if you if you use some sort of a uh, um, rayon, something that is, well, I don't know about rayon, but but yeah. but another nylon, like other nylon fabric, would be good for sure. Yeah, I was so, going to say there's a plastic glue that I've used before that comes with a powder, and hmm. you kind of build it up. It's like a plastic weld or something, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen that and, before. Yeah, I remember using it when I worked at an auto shop on cars, and we'd have like a door clip break, so you needed something that was kind of gnarly to reinforce yeah. it, put it together. And you could like build little gussets with the powder to reinforce hmm. stuff. So you were talking about that, just trying to make sure it doesn't break or bend yeah. or bobble. Like something like that might be cool. And you can kind of build up like a little spider web of that junk under it or something. Yeah, that's know? a good thing. On the bottom of the visor, it's not really visible. Yeah, totally. Uh, Put so a big old booger on that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I got some I got some fiberglass here. We could just get oh, some dude? cardboard and mock up hey. like a big old Donald Duck bill <laughs> This old fiberglass it right in. Three one ever. Yeah. Exactly. Have you asked the manufacturer if they have other visors? They do not. I did. And they don't have plans to make any other ones? No. But this is the first version of this so i did give them that feedback um but i wanted to just real quick not spend a lot of time but i've seen a couple like forums and stuff where people are asking about what helmet everyone wears this is not i know that we have a lot of listeners that don't wear helmets but i've also seen conversations where people were have always either not worn a helmet or just wore a happy helmet and they're getting older and they're like you know i've been thinking about it. i kind of want to get something a little bit better um, yep. And so I thought, you know what, we never really share what helmets we wear, and we've learned a lot of lessons. So uh, I just want to share, besides this Quinn, which is new to me, my favorite helmet, which I have two exact same color versions of the same helmet, and they're both sitting on a shelf, and I just grab either one, uh, is the Scorpion EXO AT950, which is a modular uh, ADV helmet, and they only run like mm. 289 um, they're pretty, pretty affordable. It's comfortable. I like it. I've got my break free on it. I've got my Senna on it. It's got all the things. How, how loud is it though? Because I, I remember I tried out the first Scorpion modular helmet that came out and it was, it, it was definitely loud. I, I took it on one long ride and I took it back to the store and returned it. So, uh, something I can tell you about me, I have never met a helmet that didn't fit me and i have never met a helmet that i said that's too loud i don't know if i just don't notice these things hmm. so i well, it's not on my radar yeah well that that may be a, a later model from because the first one that i got was probably this is actually the first gen that i wear and when really? they announced they were discontinuing the first <laughs> gen i went and bought one on clearance of the same color i have that's why i have two hmm. Uh, but okay. I just, it's comfortable. I love it. It's my go-to. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys, uh, Bagel, what, what is your go-to helmet? Well, the, the helmet that I ended up buying after I tried uh, that, that Scorpion was mm-hmm. uh, the Schubert C3. And I've been running that helmet for years now and have been very, very happy with it. So um, modular full face? Yeah, modular full face with this integrated sun visor. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, with a little drop-down uh, sun, sunshade. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not have the the duck bill, um, but my this is the second C three that I've owned. Um, both of the one that I've, I've bought have been in the the safety 
uh, nuclear waste green yellow color, which <laughs> yeah. is horribly ugly, but <laughs> infinitely noticeable, which to me is more important. Highly visible. Yes, extremely <laughs> visible. <laughs> so, um, but but my my second one is now really at the end of its life. It's I think more than five years old now. So I I'm ready to buy another helmet this spring, and I think I'm going to go with a Schubert E1, which is basically the same thing as a C3, but it has that ADB uh, visor on it on mm-hmm. the, duck, the duck bill. Cool. Um, I, I have a friend who who had had bought one. Uh, she was very happy with it. And um, unfortunately, I don't think they have that available in the same uh, annoying neon garish green. <laughs> yeah, they they have one that's like black with with the green highlights. So I may end up going with that. Mm. Um, I wish they had one that was full high vis green, just because you know I I like to be visible. So. Might have to find a painter up there. Well, it's possible, or put graphics on it. Who knows? Uh, I will have. I will definitely put the uh, the break free on it, though. So that will that will certainly help. But uh, that's probably going to be my next helmet this spring. All right, and Jim, I know you've tried a lot of different helmets. What what are you uh, enjoying? Yeah, you know, I've had scorpions in the past. I like those. I think it's good bang for the buck. I've had showies. Um, my current street helmet is an HJC. Let me see, HJC RPHA Eleven Pro. Um, it wasn't terribly expensive, um, but again, it's a good bang for is the buck helmet. A dirt bike helmet? What is it? What's I'm style? sorry. So yeah, so the HJC is my street helmet, um, and it's pretty basic. So I don't do any of the internal sun visor stuff. Um, I don't do a a visor for the sun, any of that. My big thing is just weight. You know, the mm-hmm. lighter the better, because we're on the bike for hours and hours, man. Your shoulders and neck, it takes a toll. So, and I've been real happy with it. So lightweight, good bang for the buck. I think the HJC helmet. Um, you know, wouldn't say I would. Uh, you know, I might consider other ones next time, but I've liked it. And then dirt bike wise, you know, I was was running a Fox helmet for a while, but it was kind of heavy. And then I upgraded to uh, an LS two, um, and I love this helmet. So it's the LS two Subverter. I think you, you okay. called it like my uh, Star Wars Stormtrooper. Storm yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yes. I like the LS two a lot. You know, it's super light, um, tons of visibility. Um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the one kind of, I'll, I'll say the one helmet I'm not stoked on and I'm kind of bummed on is the, uh, the climb the climb, um, cryos, I think it's yeah. called. So it's mm-hmm. the, their adventure helmet. Right. Yeah. And it looks cool. Again, super lightweight. I like the look. It has, um, a sun visor and stuff, but, um, the one thing I noticed the sun visor for me, at least, you know, that's a lot of drag. Um, so I don't wear it that often on long rides. Mm. And it was my cold weather dirt bike helmet. So if it's really cold, it had like a face shield. So it helped keep you warm instead of goggles, but it's not that often. So I tried it in the desert last time because you're supposed to be able to remove the face shield and put dirt bike goggles, you know, in the helmet. And I tried it. Um, but unfortunately the goggles didn't really seat well in the helmet. They kind of stuck mm. out away from your face a tiny bit. So that was kind of a big bummer. Um, but I really liked it for a, you know, full face, you know, with a face shield, but, that was kind of a letdown. Yeah, and, and that's a really good point that you made earlier, Jim, about how uh, the the weight of the helmet makes a big difference. Um, that is one thing about the Schubert, uh, at least the the C three that I've owned. It, it is a fairly heavy helmet. It's I think it's about about four pounds or so, um, and it does it does fatigue your your neck a bit more. But if you ride with it frequently, you build up the muscle strength to to accommodate it. So, yeah. you know, so if you ride, if it ride often enough, it's not a big right. deal. You get used to it. It works right. out. Yeah. Good to know. And the last thing I'll add for all my helmets is a pin lock. 
Um, so mm. if you deal with any fogging at all, yes. I mean, I, it, pinlocks, yeah, way to go. That's all right. great. Rick, what do you wear? Uh, I've got, so my life's funny. No, um, <laughs> oh, no. So I work, I do work at a motorcycle shop and I do occasionally have to do test rides. Mm-hmm. So being conscious of that, I kind of run a two helmet life. I got my work helmet, my home helmet. Mm-hmm. So my work helmet that I love the hell out of is a few year old discontinued color of a Bell modular SRT. Mm, um, it's a really simple, basic, basic modular flip down sunshade, like you were saying, Liza. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of vents, real simple features, and it's nothing too wild. I kind of got it really cheap and just out of necessity, but I started falling in love with it. Wearing glasses and having a modular. I mean, y'all yeah. know the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially doing test rides on motorcycles, and for me, yep. not being so familiar with some of the Harley stuff, oh. I was a Harley dude. Yeah. There's some new racket I'm listening for. You know, different sound. I love being able to rip the top right. up of that thing and roll up to a stop and go, "Oh, yep, that's that rotor doing that stupid thing or mm-hmm. whatever." Being able to catch it. So that's my work helmet. Um, I enjoyed it so much. I bought a play helmet that was a Bell. Mm. Um, I've that is a wow. chrome helmet. That's a chrome dome, son. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. That is right? so, that's so slick. We were talking visibility, and I was joking. I was like, white helmets always seem to work pretty good. And I was like, let me see what loud-ass <laughs> colors we got. But this was a discontinued, they called it smoked chrome, I think. Hmm. And this is their, oh, Lord, now I'm an idiot. What's this one called? The Eliminator, I think. It's their new one. Yeah, this is the Eliminator. So I've done the Simpson Outlaws and the Bandits and all those that look super cool, have no vents, and weigh 900 pounds. Um, all right. If if Jim looks like a stormtrooper, you look like a Cylon with that. <laughs> See, Jim, we need to get together more now. <laughs> but um, I really like the Bell Helmets. I like the quality. I like that it was, uh, you know, keeping it kind of local being up in the mountains up mm-hmm. there, you know, yeah. that it, um, for my daily helmet, these eliminators do not have a lot of features like the vents. I don't know if you guys can see are just a bunch of punched holes. In the top. <laughs> you yeah. can get this like plug plate that they make They're hair plugs. No, um, you can get this thing that could chunks into it to shut them up. But like, I don't know, man, for me, it was fine. I wasn't tripping about it. The weight was nice on it and it worked a okay. Good one. All right, Miss Emma. Hello, darling. Well, you know, I I also have a complicated life because I yeah. suffer terribly from claustrophobia. Yeah. So yeah. I like my open face helmet, and it's it's a true open face, but it's got some features to it. It's got the drop down visor, mm-hmm. um, which I like in yellow because we're always stuck with fog here in Monterey. And I've got it loaded up with my brake free, and then I've got my intercom on it, which never works with the boom mic. And it's an LS2. However, I do, and I like the LS2. It's it's a Chinese-made helmet, but they're very, very good quality. And the lightweight, the graphics really pop. It's It's a nice helmet. It's a quality helmet. And... I like the idea, like a lot of women, I tend to wear a great deal of makeup. And I like the idea that I can dismantle the inside very, very quickly and throw everything in the washing machine and get all my fucking foundation off it and then reassemble yeah. it. Um, 
and it's it's just a neat helmet. It carries all my accessories very well, but it's noisy. And if you remember that 100-mile-an-hour dash that you and me had coming back from L.A., mm-hmm. um, my ear protection wasn't as good as it should be, and I had tinnitus for three days after mm. that trip. Oof. So Yikes. it was... Yeah, I was getting, you know, by day three, I was getting a little worried that I might have done permanent damage to my hearing. Mm. But, you know, it gradually just went away. Um, you know, I've, and I've, sorry, Jim. Yeah. I was going to say something about the LS, the LS2 uh, helmets again. Uh, my dirt bike helmet, I mentioned it, wanted to mention this earlier, but, you know, I got it because it was light. But the other interesting thing I thought, it's DOT and ECE approved. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. for a dirt for a dirt bike helmet right and this wasn't a horribly expensive helmet um so i yeah. I, I dig those helmets those ls2 helmets i'm a big fan of well you know i mean the 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 chinese manufacturer that i think their attitude was we don't know what the market is going to be for these so let's just present them everywhere for their safety you know certification process which is why you're getting all these goofy acu and God knows what certifications on it, but it's a very, very high quality product. I'm happy with it. And I do actually have a full face helmet um, for that odd occasion when I want to go really, really, really fast. Um, and it's a bell and it's, it's an entry level bell. It's a couple of hundred dollar bell. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked bells going back to the bell stars of the 1970s. I think I learned you know, it from watching that was you that, on TM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 bell for the longest time was the helmet to have. Yeah, there were the, there were two in England. The serious riders either had what was called a Griffin Clubman, which was a very expensive handmade English helmet, beautifully laid fiberglass, but weighed about a gazillion tons, or the Bell Star, which is an American helmet. So. There you go. LS2. And I want to mention that that was a really good point that you made, uh, Emma, about having a removable liner. Uh, because even if you don't wear lots of foundation, if you ride a lot, especially in the summer, you sweat you sweaty. And, and your helmet liner gets really funky. So being able to, to pull that out and throw it in the wash and get it nice and clean, put it back oh. in for it to ride again. Oh, it's, it's, like such, it's such a difference. Yeah. <laughs> right, because the first first couple of helmets I had didn't have removable liners, and and after like a year or two, I mean, it was like unbearable to like. They even get write nasty, it. yeah. Because you're so, in a fishbowl of your own funk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so being able, I mean, to we're all smelling liner, our helmets now. <laughs> <laughs> smells, smells like a shoe. <laughs> well, there a you really go. Big shoe. <laughs> yes, those are the the misfits helmets uh we all have different things that we want that we that are important to us so i thought it was good to share um i got time for some emails and we got some good ones so i want to make sure we get these uh this one is from daniel and he says i heard mentioned that in a previous episode y'all talked about the history (laughs) is this the same daniel about my nicknicks in my brazil i have a lot to say i'm not sure I heard a rumor in a previous episode that Emma wore leopard print under <laughs> <laughs> uh, that he said he said that y'all talked about the history of the CB750. That was my yes. first motorcycle, and I'd be interested to know what episode that was in so I can hear about it. And that was episode 320, 
when we interviewed Wendy Crockett. Um, he says, I love your history segments. I'd listen to Emma talk motorcycle history all day. I also want to oh, say thank you, Daniel. I, I, that he loves the games that Liza comes up with. His current Valentine is Jen, a 2020 Honda Fury named after a popular actress. It's his uh, first new bike, and he just recently finished the valve gap check adjustment. That was a challenge as it was my first time doing that task at all. I find it odd that I was doing valve adjustment on a moto made in 2020, but it was satisfying when she fired up and didn't tick like an old farm truck or blow up. Excellent. If anyone wonders, this is a deceptively well-handling bike. Remember, Jim, we were just looking at – no, it wasn't with you. I was with John Liotti, and I was telling him about the Fury. A lot of people don't know. The the Honda Chopper, right? He says it's a deceptively well handling. Granted, I'm no professional. I've only ridden a CB750 and a DRZ400, but I can scrape peg to peg with satisfying results. The instant Good. torque from the shaft drive is fun too. The only beef I have with her is the 120 miles before she's thirsty again. I'll probably just have to hang 40 gas bottles off her long, luscious frame if I ever have to go for a distance. I wonder what your favorite. Well, trick- yeah, I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. I'm going to stop you there because. Jim was, was it you, Jim, who was complaining about the relationship I was having with my RF900? No, I don't think so. Complaining in what sense? No, I think somebody was saying that I have quite an obsessive relationship with my RF900. That was Rick. That was Rick. Yeah. 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 That was Rick. No, I think, I think Daniel is having a very (laughs) motorcycle. Motosexual relationship with his furry fury. fury. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I want to say it is always possible to install a spare tank. Uh, yep. You put a top case on it. You know, put a can't put a top case on a fury. Well, I, I don't but know what fury looks you like. You could but. put a um, like a, a what do you call it? the fork bat fork bag? Yeah, you yes. could put mm. a tank in a leather fork bag, right? I tell you what. I tell you what. It'd look brilliant on it. I tell you what. It'd look brilliant. And wrap on it, it in a Mexican is, blanket. <laughs> is um <laughs> no because it's 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 chopper. Yeah. But it's got a kind of edgy look about it. You could get somebody to fabricate like a belly pan, almost like a spoiler that goes Ooh. down at the bottom of the frame. Seen yeah. them used for oil before. Yeah. Yeah, and you could you could pump it in as you know, you could get a couple of gallons down there. You know the old mm. chin spoiler? Mm. Yes. I've seen some good. old chopper stuff. Dick Allen would run these sissy bars that had what looked like a mini keg that I would guess mm-hmm. maybe a two and a half gallon little pony keg. Mm-hmm. And yep. it was yeah. on the sissy bar, top of the fender. It's out of your way, and it just had one line running up. Yep. All right. So totally he, nice. but yeah, that's I, I like the carrying fuel. That's easier, probably. So, he, <laughs> or, or just put a bigger tank on it. He has a question. He says, "I wonder what your favorite trick is to pull the plastic cover out on Hondas." I busted one of my head covers, not totally, but they're sixty bucks to replace, and I'd like to right. not do that again. Yes, you would. Okay, so there's mm. two things, Daniel. You need to make sure of. You need to make sure that. The rubber is in good condition. Now, this is a new bike, so the rubber's not going to be in bad condition. But it's very, very important, whether it's a cylinder head cover, whether it's a side panel, it doesn't matter, or a fairing. You've got to pull it 
directly out. Mm -hmm. When I say that, don't pull it at an angle. So understand where the lugs are and where the rubber grommets are. And don't pull it up 45 degrees or 10 degrees. Pull it directly out, which means on the Fury, you pull it towards you. Pop. Because if you're kind of trying to... Mm -hmm. kind of mess around and pull it at an angle under the tank, you're going to break a lug off. If you pull it directly towards you, there's no side loading on that lug and you won't break it off. That's it. It's as simple as that. And eventually the rubbers will go kind of hard and kind of nasty. And that's when you start breaking off the lugs because the rubber gets so hard. But on a 2020 bike, that's not on the cards yet. My guess is, Daniel, you were kind of, because you're under the fuel tank there and I know space is limited and maybe you were pulling it at a bit of an angle, either up or down or kind of favoring one side or the other, but you weren't pulling it straight. Now you've had the covers off, you know exactly where the lugs are, you know exactly where the rubbers are. Just make sure you pull it straight out. All right, there, there you, you go. go. <clears throat> um, all right, I got another one here. And while I'm reading that bagel, I've emailed one to you that needs to be read in an accent. Mm, all right. All right. Oh, this is good. This is from uh, Brian, who's a new listener. Says, Hello, Brian. Been listening for some time. I've been riding dirt since I was nine. Rode for some time on the road on an 83 Suzuki GS550 ES. Actually had two. The first one was in an accident and I totaled it. Not my fault. A young girl girl pulled out in front of me. Rode the second one for some time after until my son was born. 20 some odd years later, I now have three bikes and recently bought a 1983 TT600 uh, Yamaha working Ooh, well, on getting nice it bike. road ready. Currently, this thing is definitely a big thumper. So he also has an 82 Suzuki RS175, uh, a 93 Yamaha RT180, and then the 83 Yamaha TT600. Uh, also, a 79 Suzuki RS100 rolling chassis that he's looking for an engine. Says, love listening to the podcast. Keep up what you're doing. Wow, that is quite oh, quite the collection of vintage bikes. But they're all bikes you can ride. That's something I love about yeah. a vintage bike that you can just ride. Nice. Yes. All right, Bagel, did you get the email? Yes. Okay. I, I've got an email here from Dan Talbot <laughs> from Bustleton Western Australia. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Bustleton? Yes, Bustleton. Yeah. And uh, Dan writes, <laughs> Hi, gang. <laughs> Enjoy your piece on Eggly motorcycles this week, and I think Emma would be interested in my Eggly Trident special. Oh. And uh, he says there's there's also a bit there about a Rocket Three restoration I'm working on at the moment too. Ooh. When you mentioned the honeycomb backbone by the Australian, I think you're referring to Terry Prince, who is an expat Englishman living in Australia, who, by the way, built my Rapide. Terry worked with Fritz and used to travel to England to source the Vincent engines for the specials. After coming to Australia, Terry began producing his own Eggly-style frames with cantilever rear suspension. They were essentially a modern motorcycle, marketed first a TPV, then RTV, which had a limited run of about four or five machines. Regards, Dan. 
And he also didn't send a link. Yes, and he also sent a link to his uh, his project page. It looks like mm-hmm. so. Hopefully, Liza can forward that on to you, Emma, because I think you might. Be no, very I'd love to see that. that, and perhaps we could sh- we could share it, share it on the website so everybody can have a look in because. Yeah. Um, He's, he's been in touch with me in the past, you know, and he, he's always got lots of interesting things going on. Very but, cool. Yeah. And look, looking at know, the pictures on there. Yeah. That, that is a really cool looking frame. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, Bagel, listening to you, it, it just made me want to cuddle a wombat or something. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like smear a wombat in some Vegemite and you know, just curl up. You know, now that I look at Bagel... <laughs> With that, with that full beard, he does yeah. look like, a bit like a cuddly wombat, doesn't he? What you actually, what you want, Bagel, is if 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 you get like a cowboy hat, yeah, the Aussie and you kind of, you kind of flat, up. no, you kind of flatten the brim and then yeah. get corks on little bits of string and hang them all around it. You'd oh look very God. Australian, darling. You'd look very oh Australian. God. <laughs> You'd call that a hat. <laughs> That's not a hat. That's a bloody hat. <laughs> this is a hat. <laughs> no, good job right. with the accent. Good That's job nice. with the accent. And thank you, Dan, for the email. Yeah, thank you so yes. much for everyone who uh, sent in emails this week. Um, just a reminder, everyone, go ahead and send us your emails, RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. We try to get to them all. We don't always, um, but we do appreciate them. And also a big thanks to everyone who did some reviews again on um, iTunes. Thank you so much. Keep them coming. Uh, help get the word out. We really need some help. There's so many new motorcycle podcasts, you guys. We're still just kind of clamoring to keep our place here, but... Well, you Help know, spread when, the you word. Listen, when you listen to us, it's it, we're like cornflakes, darling. We're the original and best. We're original and best. Um, oh, wait, so, I thought cornflakes uh, were supposed to stop you from masturbating. <laughs> wait, I thought you could make a gasket out of a box. Why not both? There's something there. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it. Oh, my gosh. What, what was the name of that movie, by the way? Okay, and that uh, is when the train came train came. Look up the history of Kellogg's. Yeah, look it up. Oh, my God. They even made a movie about it. I thought you were going there. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Also, just a reminder. Hey, if you'd like to enter our contest, write a poem or a song, send it to RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. Or a haiku. Or a haiku. Or a limerick. limerick. Or a limerick. Yes. Oh, yeah. I got a limerick. Coming your way, don't worry. Or, or okay. an iambic pentameter, if you like. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. Whatever floats your boat. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Liza. Where can those? Where can a lovely, delightful, musically or poetically gifted listeners send those submissions to? Recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com. And again, the deadline. What did I say? Uh, March seventh, I believe. So two weeks. So we're giving you yeah. two weeks. Two weeks to come up with your best. And you know, I want to make I want to make sure people understand these things don't actually need to be good because <laughs> they, no, they don't need to be good. So if you think, oh, I'm not going to send it in because this is terrible and feeble and immature, 
we'll love it. We think it'll oh, yeah. be brilliant. We're perfect. You know? Immature goes a long way here. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so and yeah, and Emma's going to be one of the judges here. So uh, yeah, if you d- sing off pitch, it doesn't matter. I mean, for God's sake, her favorite band is the Smiths, so it's a pretty low bar. <laughs> She's obviously deaf. I mean, so- <laughs> how can you love the Smiths? Morrissey's like allergic to California. He's never given you anything. <laughs> Mercy's allergic to everything, isn't he? Has he canceled more gigs than he's played? Oh, I just yeah. oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my. So I think that brings us, you know, around to the end where we say thank you to everyone uh, for listening and being with us and being a misfit. But also, you know, thank you to our listeners in Texas for sticking with us and, and still being here. I'm so glad. Yes. And thank you to those Harley riders who waved at us because it made it made my day. It really, it really did. My you know? day as well. And, uh, you know, thank you to just our Patreon subscribers, uh, everybody. Um, I just I, I'm feeling thankful if you didn't realize, because like I said, at the beginning, I feel like a bit of hope, you know, like not necessarily things getting back to normal, but things getting back to, to right closer to right. Does that make sense? Back to better. Mm, well, eventually. Yeah. Just fe- things feeling right. And again, having all the people at the garage today, even though we're all being safe and, and social distancing, it yeah. just felt, it felt right. It was nice. So I hope other people are feeling that. There's warm weather coming across. People keep hanging on, hanging on there. Winter is about to end. Bikes are coming out. Buell is back. There's a lot of things to look forward to. So that's kind of, I think, the message tonight. Um, and also, if you would like to ask Miss Emma a question, you know where to send it. Um, we already got her knickers covered. So <laughs> that's that's covered. Um, we got a brazier covered too, correct? Yeah, yes. got that covered. Okay. Yes. Covered with Vegemite, darling. Ooh, I didn't ask. <laughs> hey, Emma. I I have a yes. question. I hope it's not too late. I want to know what brand uh, do you use to keep your dentures in? Uh, uh, I use I use Gorilla Glue, darling. <laughs> Gorilla Glue. <laughs> <laughs> Here it works wonders. Never, never fails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. No, only got to work once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. You know, I gorilla glued the buggers in 30 years ago and haven't shifted since. Draw the line. Here we are. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. I think we're ready to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Liza. Bagel. Uh, uh, <laughs> Emma Darling <laughs> Make it Jim And we are out of here Cool, cool Cool, cool Ha, ha, ha.